1: Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. And as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com.
2: Hi, I'm Jake, a uh, Newcastle supporter. You can get me on Twitter at Jake Jack with two N's, and I will write for EPL at Index and the Bootroom.
3: Hello, my name is Gita Llewellyn, a Swansea City fan, and you can find me on Twitter at Gita Llewellyn. Uh, you can also find me on the uh, Jackass podcast, which is at the Jackass.
1: All right, thanks so much for joining me, guys. Uh, up first, we're going to talk about Stoke's relegation, which has now been confirmed. They will not be in the Premier League next season. But I wanted to get into something before I ask you guys how you felt about Stoke being relegated and, and whose feet you lay the blame at here. <laughs> but I want to talk for a second about Ryan Shawcross, the Stoke club captain. So first of all, he makes the mistake that ends up getting them relegated, although it was more of a when than an if for them to be honest, but the mistake does end up sending them down. Then in the post-match, they asked Ryan Shawcross what happened this season, and he said it was because they didn't score enough goals. And the thing about that is you're the club captain of a defense. They conceded the most goals in the Premier League this season. And you're blaming your attacking players? Like, could you take a little bit of of the blame for this situation? Like, (laughs) obviously, Stokes' attack was not fantastic this season. We all know that. But for the captain of the club... When asked what happened in the relegation fight, for him to just ignore himself and all of his flaws as both a player, as a leader, and as a part of the league's worst defense, Instead, he pointed the blame at his own teammates, at the attacking options at his own club, and said, that's why we went down for me. That was embarrassing as all hell, and I'm glad that we've seen the back of him. How did you guys feel about Stoke being relegated?
2: Yeah, I think it's been it's been pretty obvious for, since, since the first few weeks of the season, is that apart from that... That win over Arsenal very early on, which you know, in in hindsight, every single bottom half of the Premier League have, have beaten Arsenal. So, I mean, that that wasn't that much of an achievement. Um, I think Mark Hughes probably stayed a little bit too long. They, I think, with Mark Hughes, I don't, I don't think he's the worst manager in the world. I think he's serviceable, but he's um, he's just sort of just stuff. Went, it went a bit stale under him. Uh, the recruitment, they were signing a lot of players with big reputations, but they weren't. Sort of fitting together as a team and is sort of like a team of individuals rather than a rather than a team. And I think when you compare that to sort of um, Brighton, Newcastle, Huddersfield coming up, you, there's such a difference between those three promoted clubs and a lot of the teams at the bottom of the table. Which is probably why all three will stay up. And, and we, we we're seeing a lot of the same type of clubs go down. It's they're all, they've all got the same sort of problems. And Stoke have, have, have obviously got it the worst. They made the managerial change. Paul Lambert was an awful appointment. He's done nothing. He did okay with Norwich to get them up. I did well with Norwich, he did okay with Villa without being great. He, I mean, he's pr- pretty bad at the end, but then since then he's had a few championship jobs and done pretty badly. So I, I, I don't know why they went for him. I think it was an appointment that gave them no chance because I don't think it was anything. The the players obviously probably saw it as a downgrade on you, so which is never a good starting point. And, and with Lamb, they just never looked like they wanted to win games. It was all about keeping things tight at the back, which they couldn't do because they didn't have the players or or the system to do so. Uh, like they, Yesterday was a must-win game. They knew they had to win it and they only had seven shots at home and 41% possession. It's not, it's not the best. I think he, he set them up to fail and, and it's not a huge surprise. I think they've got some talented players in their squad, but it, as I said, it's just a team of individuals and the fact that Peter Crouch is still starting for them is just it's awful, to be honest. He's a... Been a very good Premier League player, but he's, his best times are beyond him, and he shouldn't really start for a Premier League club anymore. So I'm not surprised they've gone down. I think it's it's been a long time coming. They've had chances both in January and with the managerial change to 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 make things better for themselves, and they didn't take them. But you know, I think I I wouldn't be completely negative about their future. I think unlike a lot of clubs that have gone down, they've got quite a good chairman. They've got They've got an alright squad of players, and they've got some that they'll probably keep, and they'll they'll probably come back up and challenge again. But it's it's I'm not surprised they've gone down, and I think there's there's only two or three players that could come out of this season with their heads held high. shakiri's done very well; he's he brought his best season in England. He, he's had a good year. I think Butland's had a, had a pretty good year, all things considered. Um, but yeah, the rest of them is is a lot of failures, and I'm I'm not surprised they're gonna go down and and probably in bottom position in 20th position which is which is awful considering that they've been a a stable mid-table club for a long time but i think these problems have have been have been at the club for at least the last 18 months and, and and the fact it's culminated in relegation isn't a huge surprise
3: yeah i i mean stoke i'm jake there you know said said pretty much everything i stoke Going down yesterday was um, the only plus point of an otherwise awful um, footballing weekend for me. Um, They've been really poor all season and I think if you look at the team yesterday... Um, there are some good players there like Jake said, um, I think Joe Allen is fantastic and has been wasted at Stoke I've liked the look of Badu um, when he's played this season um, same goes for Moritz Bauer and we know the Shakiri when he wants to be is a very good player too but there's also a lot of real, really poor players in that, that Stoke squad um, you know, Ryan Shawcross is an awful defender, always has been um, the only way he got away with being a Premier League defender was by pulling shirts, and once the clampdown came in, he was um, always going to find it difficult. Uh, they were playing Glenn Johnson yesterday, which no Premier League team should these days. Uh, the, the front two just said it all, really. Peter Crouch, who, um, it must be picking up his pension pretty soon, and do you, who's I, I I don't know if there's been a worse finisher playing up front for any team this season. I mean, he's, he's just been awful in front of goal this season, um, and when it became obvious yesterday that the, the starting plan wasn't working, Paul, well, Lambert just didn't really have much to go for on the bench. I mean, the, the players that he w- was bringing on, one of them was a kid. Um, I can't remember. I mean, um, he had the likes of Stephen Ireland, and Charlie Adam. Jeff Cameron came on, who's a nothing player. Darren Fletcher, um Sobey, who is okay, but nothing more than that. The options weren't there for him to change it. And that's, I think, what we've seen throughout the second half of this season from Stoke. They've the, the, they set up to pick up draws, as Jake said. And when they've really needed wins, they just haven't had the options to change things. Um, and, and that's down to years of complacent recruitment and poor recruitment. I mean, Stoke were a, a club who really... Brought in players with quite quite a lot of ambition. They, they brought in big names, players who wouldn't expect to turn up at a club like Stoke. But over the last few years, they've just they've recruited really really badly, and it's it's culminating in this really un unbalanced squad, which is which does have some good names, but also has so many poor players. And watching yesterday, I just thought, what a difference a player like Marco Anukovich could make because. Yes, he's inconsistent and he can be very frustrating, but he's got that quality, which in a relegation battle can just get you those extra goals you need. That's what he's done for West Ham this season, and that's why West Ham are where they are and not where Stoke are. And you're thinking, what a, a terrible bit of business it was to sell an Altevich and just not replace him. Um, after, I mean, they, obviously Hesse was the one that they wanted to replace him with, but that didn't turn out well at all. Berahino is still there. Um, which again is a just is a disastrous signing, which you know, not only didn't contribute to anything but just really harmed the the entire club. Um, it, it's just everything Stoke have done over the last few years. It's just it's just been very complacent, and I think uh, the same goes for the managerial appointment. Bringing in Lambert, in my eyes, was the move of a club who thought they were going to be okay and could just appoint someone until the end of the season. And then they'll make their, you know, their main appointment in the summer. And Lambert came in and he's won one game since he's come in. Um, and, and even though I think performances have probably been on the whole better than they were under Mark Hughes, Mark Hughes did get the odd win every now and again, uh, which got Stoke out of trouble momentarily. And Lambert just hasn't been able to do that. And I do think he has to shoulder quite a bit of the blame. But you know, the main damage was done before he arrived uh, in the recruitment and in the kind of malaise that the marquee was introduced there. And I, I don't think anybody's going to miss Stoke in the Premier League. I think they're a club that a lot of clubs really dislike. Um, they're, they're a bit of a nothing club. It's a terrible away day. Um, and, you know, they, their fans aren't exactly the most welcoming when you go there. So I don't think anybody's going to be upset that they're going down. Um, but I, I agree with Jake. I think they are well-placed to come up. It's just a question of whether they can make the right appointments now that they've um, they've done the championship and whether they can strengthen the team in the right areas but they, they they fully deserve their relegation and my only hope is that swansea aren't going to be playing them next season but that um, that's uh, that's a big ask at, the, at this moment in time
1: And certainly we'll get to that. I will say the thing that I'll miss most about Stoke is the basically two guaranteed wins that we've had against them over the last three or four seasons. Um, They basically ended Paulinho's Tottenham career by injuring his foot. Obviously, the slide tackle from Charlie Adam on Gareth Bale prevented him from playing about a month and a half in a season where we could have finished in the top four and then missed out because we didn't have our best player for over a month. Uh, And I'm sure many other clubs have similar stories. Uh, about damaging uh, tackles on their players as well very well Stoke we I was gonna say we barely knew thee but we we actually knew thee too well uh, and uh, <laughs> maybe maybe if you come back up with a different manager and a better brand of football you will be more appreciated then um next up uh, Chelsea huge win against Liverpool today Liverpool could have sealed Champions League and basically knocked Chelsea out of the hunt instead it flips the other way Chelsea actually end up winning it they're now just two points behind Tottenham just three behind Liverpool is there a chance that Antonio Conte could actually sneak this Chelsea team back into the top four
2: well based on what you've just said about the wet the, how the table lies is there's, there's a chance I mean the fact that Chelsea have looked disinterested for the whole of 2018 it's it's quite worrying the fact they could get into the Champions League now um, I think They've just yeah they've just not looked interested at all and the fact it's it's really quite worrying for for Tottenham the Liverpool that they're so close um I I think Olivier Giroud has had quite a big impact on them he scored today he's been quite a significant upgrade on Morata so that's that's been quite a probably one of their only moves of the season that's actually improved them all the rest of their transfer business has sort of made them a lot worse but I think they've got a chance I think that, that the only thing is that the games that um. Tottenham have got left I think Tottenham are the team that they're, they're most likely to catch and Tottenham have got Newcastle and Leicester City and as a Newcastle supporter we are on the beach and I think Leicester City are right there next to us so I would and, and they're both at Wembley you probably can hand pick a better two matches to have at this point so I think that Tottenham will probably be fine it might not be as easy and you know it's free-flowing football as, as we've come to expect from Tottenham but I'm sure they'll get the two wins needed um and then with Liverpool, yes, they lost there. They've got the Champions League final to think about, but they'll probably get there as well. Uh, they've only got one game left, but that's at home to Brighton. You'd expect them to sort of finish the season with a flourish. So, I think the fact that, that the matches that Tottenham and um, that Liverpool have got left probably mean that they'll they'll stick into the top four. But it's it's nerves that don't need that that weren't needed for Tottenham. Um, I think. They they probably should have should have had this place filled up. They probably should have beaten West Brom yesterday. They they they, had, they were the, had to, had their chances. They they weren't all at their best. And a a question I have for you, Kev, quickly is: Do you think that maybe Harry Kane being rushed back from injuries has, has had a negative effect on the season?
1: Yeah, and he's usually come back fairly strong from injury, but this one clearly not the case. We needed him back for that Chelsea match. Um, and then I, I think it would have been hard to put him back on ice after bringing him out uh, in that one. Uh, as a substitute, it should be noted. Um, but yeah, he's he's clearly not up to it right now. He does have two goals in the last uh, five matches, <laughs> arguably three, but we're not getting into that again. <laughs> um, but yeah, Harry Kane has definitely been a problem since he came back. Everything he does is so ponderous right now. And that's kind of trickled down through the squad, especially against a defense like West Brom's uh, under Darren Moore, which kind of echoed what, what Tony Pulis used to do for them. Um, you can't hesitate on the ball. That just gives them more time to get back into position. Um, and Harry Kane's touches were off. He was playing slow. Uh, and he wasn't really dragging anyone anywhere because he wasn't really driving with his runs. Instead, he was more like <laughs> meandering. Um and yeah, i I would definitely say Harry Kane's injury has been largely what has derailed us. But I think there have been some serious motivation issues uh ever since the FA Cup semi final loss to Manchester
2: United. Yeah, I think I think that's that's uh that's a fair point. I think I I think the majority of that squad probably thought you had Champions, uh, Champions League sewn up and and there was a you know, if you you're still in the Champions League maybe, or if you you know made that FA Cup final it would have made all the difference. But um it's 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 not been great, and I can see why that that some some of the supporters are concerned. You 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 spoke off air briefly that you you're a bit concerned as well. But I just think if you if you could handpick two fixtures to have, you couldn't have a better two fixtures. I think you'll be absolutely fine. You'll probably get a win both of them, and get into the Champions League. And then maybe that's the time to reflect on why it's it's been a bit of a stop-start season for Tottenham. Because I think it's probably been the the worst season for the last few years and there's a, a top four finish at FA Cup semi final it isn't necessarily bad and in, in the group performances in the Champions League are, are something to cling on to but it's it's not been a season of of progression I think that that's the point and, I, and there's got to be so, some some you know investigation into why that's not the case and Maybe if there's a couple of players needed, it's going to be another important summer in getting them back up to that level to challenge for trophies and to challenge for the league title, perhaps mm. because they're not that far away. But it does seem that it's it's not been the best season. It's still a very good season, but not not as probably as good as as Tottenham would have hoped for.
3: Yeah, it's probably not what could have been, and to finish it like this, I think it just uh, it I think it just sums up the fact that. Spurs just ha- it hasn't gone to plan for Spurs this season. There are just they they just these small margins. And yesterday was again a, a small margin. I mean, it's a it's a very very late goal for West Brom to a scrappy one to to win it. And it's just the way things are for Spurs at the moment. That it is a bit lethargic. It is a bit meh. And um, but I th- I think there was definitely a feeling by everybody the Spurs' Champions League spot was, was safe and then suddenly you're thinking oh well actually they're going to have to fight for it and once you do switch off um, at this stage of the season it is very very difficult to get going again um, because because you have just your body has started shutting down for the summer and then all of a sudden oh hang on we've got to start winning games again I think Jake's right in saying that the fixtures are kind I mean I, I, my, I think I'm right in saying the Spurs could get away with a win and a draw from their yeah, last two. Can.
1: They can't be the mentality, but that is mathematically correct.
3: Yeah. So I mean, they could slip up against Newcastle, say um, get get only a draw there, and they would still be okay with a with a win against Leicester. It's not you, Spurs shouldn't be thinking like this towards the end of the season. They should be, you know, pretty safe in their position at the moment. Um, but you know that. They've got themselves into this position by being a little bit complacent, by taking their uh, just taking their eye off the ball. Really, um, I do find it. We are the Chelsea back in this position. We 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 played Chelsea down at the Liberty uh, last week, and they were really poor. They they didn't look interested. They beat us, of course, but it doesn't take much to beat Swansea these days. Um, but they they looked on holiday. They did. They looked like their season was over. They had nothing left to play for in the league, and they were concentrating on the FA Cup. And then suddenly they've got a chance of getting in the top four. Um, and if Chelsea, by some miracle, get in there, it will be down to a monumental collapse by by one of the top four, either Spurs or Liverpool. Um, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think Spurs will just get the job done in the end. Um, but it's a bit... It, it takes a bit of the gloss off the season for Spurs that, that they've left it... Listly to actually wrap up that the, that fourth spot, um, something which I think everybody thought had more or less been done a couple of weeks ago.
2: Just a just a quick thought I've had: if is it am I right in thinking that if if Liverpool say drew drew to Brighton and, and Chelsea in the last two games that they get into fourth position, and then Liverpool win the Champions League, Chelsea wouldn't get the Champions League spot anyway? Is that, no, they, is that they, right?
1: They, we they the They changed that after the year Chelsea won and knocked Tottenham out.
2: Did they change that through? So they would be five teams. Yeah. Okay, just like they were this year. Well, oh, oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, that's, think that is of, correct. Mm-hmm. I was I think just thinking it, it would be hilarious if uh, Chelsea got fourth and they got knocked out, <laughs> but I don't know if that can't happen, then... then
3: oh, that would have been uh, the poetic justice for a couple of years back, wouldn't it? But, it uh, would have
1: been, but unfortunately, <laughs> things like that don't go our way, which is why, for me, Chelsea absolutely can finish in the top four. Because if you're Chelsea, with your history lately with Tottenham, and that's the team you have to chase how could you not feel confident right now i mean tottenham we mentioned on uh show i guess it was two weeks ago when um tottenham did get knocked out of the fa cup that tottenham have only blown a lead three times this season to lose and it was the match in the carabao cup where they got knocked out by west ham the match against juventus where they got knocked out of the champions league and the match against united where they got knocked out of the fa cup and now We have two must-win games. Gitto is right. Technically, a win and a draw would do it. But again, that cannot be how you're thinking about it going forward. And I am very, very not confident right now. Um, If Chelsea win midweek and Tottenham dropped points against Newcastle, which, by the way, Gitto, you said we had a bit of a gap there if we, like, stumbled and drew Newcastle. For me, it's stumbling and losing to Newcastle that I'm worried about happening. I think a good result would be a draw. Then it's at least in our own hands going into the final day. And that has been something that I've had to suffer too many times where it isn't technically in our hands going into that last day. Um, You're both right. This should have been locked up very, very long ago. Um, The fact that Chelsea are still in it isn't really credit to Chelsea at all. It's more embarrassing, I think, for both Liverpool and Tottenham. Um, And I think they absolutely could chase them. It's worth noting that if Tottenham win midweek against Newcastle, um, that would mean that they would be in third place at the end of the week. Um, which would be absolutely incredible considering how dire this looks right now. But it's, 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 it should be very interesting for neutrals, watching these three teams uh, see who can finish in those two spots. But as a Tottenham fan, I am very concerned. And if you're a Chelsea fan, I can't see why you wouldn't feel confident uh, with these two matches left. All right, next we're going to go down to the bottom of the table. Uh, Gitto, you mentioned West Brom's last-minute goal against us which was devastating in our own right, obviously thrilling to them. Uh, Even uh, Dan from uh, formerly Baggies Facts, currently 1878, WBA slid into the DMs and was like, so sorry about that, actually, never mind, get in. Absolutely fair play to him. Um, Then Southampton have a 1-0 lead against Everton in stoppage time. It's a minute past the minutes up on the board. And then Everton pull one back, which means West Brom saved their season twice in stoppage time in one day. It kind of has that aura of fate around them. Is there any chance that West Brom could actually squeak out and stay in the Premier League?
2: It's still tough, isn't it? I think they've. They, it's it's another case that they they took too long sacking Pardew. Uh, and probably they shouldn't have never have appointed him in the first place because it was well known that he's he's just not a very good manager. So. Um, they, you know, they they need a lot of things to go their way. They, they need that Southampton Swansea game to be a draw. And that, uh, you know, if you're relying on one game to be a draw, it's quite a big ask. I, it 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 is difficult. I, I think they've got a chance. They've done really well to put themselves in this position, but I still think it's it's too little, too late. I don't, I don't, I can't imagine thirty, you know, um, thirty four points would be would be enough to stay up. I just, I just think it, it's too too little. Um, it, yeah, it, I can't see it. I can't see it. I think it's too. I think that Southampton point is is really has messed them up a little bit because Southampton got a better goal difference. So if they do go on a draw against uh, Swansea, you know, you still need a little bit of a, a goal difference uh, change there. And then you're also asking Stoke to beat Swansea. It, it's a they're asking for a lot. It's it's not going to happen. It's, I, I think they're they're going to go down, but they can take a lot from how they finish the season. And I think Darren Moore's done enough to show that he. he he he's perhaps ready for this job. It's it's reminds me a little bit of um, of Chris Hutton when we went down. The fact that he'd you know he'd been caretaker and he'd done okay when he'd been caretaker, but um, and, and you know we gave him the job in in the in the championship and he did really well. And, and look where he is now. He's 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 done he's done well at several clubs and and. I, I think this could be the opportunity that Darren Moore needs. Sometimes appointing the the interim is not the best choice, but I think in this case it it, it does look like it's a a really good fit for club and manager. I think he's he looks ready for for a for a full time job, and I think West Brom need a new direction after Pulis and Pardie. They need someone to, someone to get the fans excited back on board, and I think he'd be the perfect person to do that. So I think. I don't think they're going to stay up I think it's they're asking for way too much in the, in in the last few games of the season but it it's been a really positive end of the season they can go into some of a real you know renewed optimism for for the future and I think out out of you know they're in a much better position than Stoke to, to come back up at the first attempt I think even though I think Stoke if they get things right over the summer they they're in a strong position they still need to make the right appointment whereas I think with West Brom they've got that they've got a lot of players that I can imagine would stay and I think I I think they'll be absolutely fine I think it, it, a relegation might be it's a setback but it's not the end of the world and I think with Darren Moore they, they'd be in a, a very good strong uh, good position to come straight back up
3: yeah, I, I agree. Darren Moore's done more than enough to to merit that full-time job. Uh, and I think West Brom fans, from what I gather, they they really like a proper club man there just to kind of get the fans back on board as much as kind of improve the performances on the pitch. Um, having said that, if he does get the job, he's definitely going to be a championship manager next season. There is no way that West Brom are going to... Get out to this one. Uh, It is ridiculous that it's still a mathematical possibility with uh, one game to go. Um, But they're not going to. I mean, even like Jake said, even if they get a if Swans and Southampton draw, the the goal difference uh, between the difference in goal difference between Southampton and West Brom means they they'd need a a miraculous result on the final day to 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 stay up. If if West Brom do stay up then Swansea and Southampton both deserve to be relegated down to league one because it would be <laughs> the most embarrassing collapse possible to allow West Brom to stay up this season. Um, they do deserve a heck of a lot of credit for battling on despite being doomed. Um, it is just a shame from a West Brom point of view that they didn't sack Pardew that little bit earlier, that they didn't you know, get their act together that little bit sooner uh, and a proper bid for survival. Yeah. Um, But as a Swansea fan, obviously, I'm delighted about that. I agree with Jake. I think they've got a good squad there. Um, They shouldn't really have been in this position in the first place. Mm -hmm. But um, next season, they are going to be in a really good position in the Championship. They'll be one of the favourites from the start to come back up. Um, And uh, I I do think it's a loss for the Premier League, actually, losing West Brom. Complete opposite to Stoke. I think they are a good club who have contributed a lot to the Premier League over the years. And um, it is going to be a shame seeing them drop down. Um, but I don't I have a feeling they won't be out the Premier League for long.
1: Yeah, very positive uh, signs. I mean, just weeks ago, we spoke with Dan, and he was talking about how next year, as long as they didn't get relegated again, he would count it as a successful two, two-year two run here. But Darren Moore has just been ridiculous, for those that don't know. In their last five matches, they've beaten Tottenham, beaten Newcastle, drew Liverpool, beat United, and drew with Swansea, and what, at the time, looked six-pointer-ish. Although, actually, at the time, people may have just assumed West Brom were already down, because that was before this ridiculous run. But um, Darren Moore has just done absolutely ridiculous things Since uh, taking charge there And as somebody that knows the club and everything like that I I do think they should definitely appoint him into next season Because he has them organized Um, And that is a very important thing As you guys have mentioned, uh, loads of good points I do think that they keep most of the squad together And things are promising going forward (laughs) I don't think they can get away with it again But I said that twice on Saturday Um, So there's literally a chance (laughs) there's mathematically a chance it is very very improbable um but just like we were talking about uh with the situation with uh tottenham and liverpool and chelsea i mean it it does reflect poorly on the clubs around them that they've been able to get back into these hunts uh but all credit to to west Brom and darren moore and as you mentioned that west Brom, i i had a great time as an away day um got to meet up with dan there went to the hawthorns everybody was very friendly and everything and as you say, they've, they've contributed far more than Stoke to to the Premier League in the past few seasons. And th- these last five matches are, are exactly part of that, um, th- that they can get results like these uh, the, late in the season, though it may be. I mean, if they had two matches left, do you think West Brom stay up? I do, because um, that's, that's the kind of momentum they have right now. Unfortunately, they've just kind of hit this uh, final wall that is the end of the season. But uh, yeah, absolute credit to them, although I agree with you guys. Unfortunately, I do not think they really have a chance of staying up. All right, that wraps up uh, the topics here to start the show. Next up, we're going to have questions for each of our guests on the other side of this break.
3: Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.
1: All right, Jake, coming to you first with Newcastle questions. Uh, we'll start off with um, the loss to Watford. Obviously, we talked uh, was it last week, two weeks ago, <laughs> that top 10 was the new target. And it looked like you were on track for that. You are currently in 10th. Um, but the loss to Watford was not exactly your most inspired performance of the season. Do you think Newcastle are a bit on the beach, or was it just an off day for you?
2: Um, it's difficult to assess it, really. I think um, there's been a lot of a lot of supporters on, on social media and stuff, think criticising the players, saying they should be, you know, they haven't been trying hard enough. They've they've given up now that that, that, that so called target has been met. I think there might be a degree of that, but I also feel a lot of I, it doesn't bother me that much. I mean, it's I couldn't. I th- I think the season's gone a lot better than I thought it ever could, mainly due to the run we went on a couple of months ago. But you know, it's it, these things happen. They expended so much energy, both physical and mental energy, to pull off those sort of four wins in a row to get us safe. So there was always likely to be a drop off once the stakes were sort of lowered, and, and that's what's happened. Um, it's sort of a disappointing loss to Everton, then the one to West Brom, and then and then again to Watford. They're just they're, they're three annoying. Poor performances, annoying defeats, but in the grand scheme of things, they mean very little, and, um, you know, the, everyone talks about the, the lack of quality we have. I think that a lot of players have improved, and maybe, you know, it's unfair to talk about us as a championship squad now, considering we are currently top 10 in the Premier League with two matches, one or two matches to go, depending on which teams we're talking about. So it, it's unfair to talk about that, but I also think there are, that we're not... A top 10 squad you know if we finish in the top 10 great we've got we've got to probably get a result against tottenham or chelsea which may, may happen but if we finish 12th 13th 14th that doesn't matter i think we've had a successful season and that's all that matters it's it's all about what happens next now i think the takeover that's long gone. it's probably not going to happen um if it did it would be it would come out of nowhere i'm not i'm not holding my hopes on that the most important thing is to you know get rafa tied down to a new contract get him get him signed up for the next season at least. I think that's got to be the main uh, objective for us. We've... Um... I just can't see a reason why we wouldn't do that for Mike Ashley I think if you give him a fair budget 60-70 million which isn't a lot these days especially when we're going to bring in a, a fair bit in player sales I'd imagine through Mitrovic and a couple of other players so you know if you give him that fair budget let him go and do a thing I think we'll progress into a top 10 Premier League team as, and, and that's what we want to be and and challenge maybe for a domestic cup which isn't out of out of reason so whatever happens over these last two games wherever we finish 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th it doesn't really matter I just think most important thing is to move on say the season's been a success which it has been and then try and get Rafa locked down and progress further next season and maybe finish in the top 10 on because so I think if we did the season it would be more of stumbling in there rather than actually getting there on merit.
1: Yeah, you mentioned Rafa just then. He is up for the manager of the season nomination. I don't think he will get it. I don't think you do either. Um, But we talked before about how this was not really a Premier League squad and he managed to get just about everything out of them. Just how impressed have you been with him this season?
2: Yeah, very impressed. I think... um... Uh, a lot of people often, you know, one of uh, Guardiola's main critics is that he takes easy jobs and clubs at the top of the league, and you often talk about what happened if these managers went to a lower club, which is what sort of we've seen with Rafa and Newcastle. We we started okay. I think we won four of our first six, or something stupid like that. We we had quite a good run to start the season, uh, and then we went on that really poor run around uh, Christmas and New Year where we we, we took one point from a, from nine matches. But then since then we we've been. We've improved a lot. We've we've been staying in games. We, if you look at the goal differences, and you got we've got one of the better goal differences um, outside of those top sort of six or seven teams. So that sort of shows the way he manages. It's very percentage football, but that's what we've had to do, and he's he's shown his quality. Without Rafa Benitez, I think we'd have been in a proper real bad relegation battle but we had him he's shown his quality i think he's so important and it's it's what he represents as well i've spoken about it time and time again but it's it he he represents hope for a for better future and he's done that in it is sort of i think he's been at the club for two years now he's got us promoted he's got us um you know to a safe finish in the premier league so i think if he stays we'd only keep getting better as long as he's given you know a fair budget to work with i think that would be great and and, and i think We've seen with his signings this this season, especially in January, you know, De and Kennedy, uh, and even at the start of the season, Lejeune's been quite a good signing. Marino was, for the first half of the season, sort of gone off a little bit recently. But, you know, he he can pick up players for good money and, and for fair, you know, in a good deal. And I think if he's spending a little bit more money to get in those high quality players, they'll probably work out better for us. And, and you know, Mike, Ashley, if he does say he wants players to sell on value, I'm sure Rafa can get those for him. So I think I think they just need to they need to sit down together. They can't go for intermediaries. they can't go through the chief executive. They need to sit down and he just needs to see what Rafa wants and just give it to him. It, it's such an easy decision. I can't see why he wouldn't do it.
1: Yeah, I think all of us uh, neutrals would certainly agree that Rafa should stay there. And it has been a a very nice marriage and and an excellent point that it is interesting seeing a top manager like that have a more difficult job um, and and seeing how it turns out. And it seems to have gone quite well. And (laughs) hopefully you do get better teams, sorry, better players heading into next season. Uh, Coming to you now, Gito, I uh, am not going to let you off the hook too easily here. Do you think Swansea deserve to stay up based on your performances this season?
3: Uh, i don't care where we finish in the league i don't think we deserve to stay up this season um i i i've said this opinion to a few people they say oh well that's ridiculous you know if you you know if you if you're outside the bottom 3 you deserve to be in the premier league N- no not necessarily the fact that you're not the 3 among the 3 worst teams in the league does not mean you're actually very good and and without a doubt for most of the season we've been awful we've been really awful and over the last few games um we've played against a lot of teams who don't really have anything to play for. And before games, I've been chatting to their uh, fans either in person or uh, on social media. And they've said, oh, don't worry. You'll definitely get three points today. We're awful. We're terrible. You'll definitely beat us today. And we haven't beaten them. And it was the same yesterday against Bournemouth. People saying, oh, we've been awful for the last three weeks. You know, we're, we're really on the beach. We're terrible. We're, we're the worst we've been since we've been in the Premier League. And they beat us convincingly yesterday. It should have been more than just the 1-0. Um, uh, it was. Comp- it, it just summed it up, really, all our kind of problems this season. We, had, uh, we went with the usual back five, who looked solid um, for most of the game on the whole. But... Got undone by um, a really clever free kick routine, and then when we had to score the goals ourselves, we just had no idea how to build an attack. Um, We've—I mean, so many of the things I said about Stoke earlier, you could say them about Swansea. We do have one or two good players, far less than Stoke have, but we've got a heck of a lot of really bad players in this squad. Um, Tom Carroll played 90 minutes against Bournemouth. That alone tells you why we're in this position because we're looking to players like Tom Carroll to get us out of position when if I'm honest the guy would look intimidated stepping on into an under 12s match um, he is not a grown-up I swear he is just a 14 year old who just happens to have signed a, a, a contract at a Premier League club the
1: joke about uh, the mascots thing on the pitch kind of thing
3: uh, seriously, it, I, I heard an interview with Tom Carroll the other day and he's got the most kind of timid and soft voice. And you're thinking, you know, it may be a bit unfair, but he speaks the way he plays. You, It's like he's so just soft and like childlike. And and I, I'm thinking, how were you a Premier League footballer? How did you ever even get in this position? And it's strange to say that because I actually have seen him play well in the past. But uh, yesterday, again, he was just all over the shop. Just did nothing right. Without the ball, on the ball, everything he does is wrong. His positional sense is appalling for a midfielder. He didn't move for most of the match. Um, there were times when he got the ball with acres of space in front of him and uh, he moved at a pace which was slower than walking. Uh, it's uh, And and he was the one who was meant to be dictating our midfield. I mean, that, that tells you everything. We had one or two chances the first half. The second half, we just... Had no structure whatsoever. Um, it was just painful to watch. Um, and I actually watched the match. Uh, I was down the away end, and sitting right behind me were Leon Britton and Leroy Fair. And they were kind of, they they looked in pain watching us play. They They looked as frustrated as the fans. And you're thinking, hang on, those are their teammates. And, you know, they're kind of asking what on earth's going on. It, it just sums it up. I mean, we're, we're a very bad team. And even if we do stay up this season, that won't change the fact that we are a very, very bad team. Um, it's it's just been awful to watch over the last few weeks. And it, in fairness, you know, when you look at our squad and compare it to other Premier League squads, you'd say, yeah, we probably are among the three worst squads in this division. You could definitely make... Uh, I, well, if we're not among the three worst, then we're not too far off of it. Um... And when you look at the kind of off-field problems we've had, the change of manager, etc., we are where you'd expect us to be, in deep in relegation trouble. But the point is that a couple of weeks back, we were looking in a pretty decent position. We had a little bit of a buffer between ourselves and the relegation zone and a series of really good-looking fixtures ahead of us. And we've just wasted every single opportunity. Um, we've not approached games with the right mentality and you can kind of you can accept when it's just down to a lack of quality. but we saw this team beat West Ham 4 one a couple of, a couple of weeks back um, looking confident and looking up for the fight and that since that match it's just been the total opposite. they look complacent they've not looked like a team who were in danger of going down. Um, and I would say that we are, you know, sleepwalking into relegation. But in actual fact, we, we've not reached walking pace uh, for the last few games. It's been that kind of pedestrian and that insipid. Um, it's it's just been such a painful watch. Uh, and if we go down, if we stay up, we we deserve to be a championship team next season. There's no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, just two points in the last five matches equaled only by Stoke and Leicester over that period. Uh, Certainly not putting on the fight at the end that you would have expected uh, for a team that would very much like to stay up, obviously. Um, When you signed Andre Ayew in January, I thought that was basically you safe. I thought it dealt with multiple issues in your squad, including lack of a proven goal scorer up front. If you needed to play him out wide, that was a position that you were struggling in. And he obviously brought in a lot of pace and you had a pretty tepid attack heading into that have not really seen the turnaround that I would have expected. I'm sure many others would have. Why do you think that that transfer did not end up working thus far?
3: Uh, I'm, I'm really not sure about that one. Um, I didn't, you know, I, I would have thought, we all we have paid massively for Ayu. there's no doubt about that. Um, we, played, we paid close to 20 million for him, which for a player his age, um, and having had a couple of troubled years at West Ham was um, was a heck of a lot of money, I thought. Um, and I, he's, he's not been poor. But at the same time, he's just not had that. That he's not contributed to the in, in terms of goals in the way we would expect it. Again, in that West Ham game, that I talked about the four-one. He was unquestionably our best player. Uh, he looked like he had a point to prove. Like he was hassling every player. He was making the tackles, making the running. He was making things happen. Um, and and since then, we haven't seen that at all. If I'm honest, he's kind of struggle to get involved in the games. He's he's, at, he's had good moments. He's been trying, but he's not been getting into dangerous areas. I can't remember him coming close to scoring. I'll be honest. I, I, I can't remember him getting into a you know a, a decent striking position once, um, which is pretty incredible. And, and he's not... I, I don't think he's the best when it comes to creating chances either. Um, and it's just... And as well as that, he's playing alongside his brother, Jordan, who actually has had a very good second half of the season on the whole. Hasn't quite hit the hit top form of the last few games. Um, but generally speaking, since the turn of the year, he's been very good. But the two of them are very, very similar in terms of style. Um, and they kind of get, it, they get in each other's way, and they kind of encourage the other to drop deeper. And they play within themselves without actually you know, creating anything. It's, it's really, really strange to see the two of them play together. They're not, they, they obviously have a good understanding of each other. They, they, they're pretty good at finding each other, just not in the right positions. Um, and they drop deep. Neither of them are, are natural goal scorers. Neither of them are, you know, natural strikers. Um, and when the two of them play, we just lack that kind of real cutting edge up front. Um, so that that's contributed to it style-wise. Um, but yeah, that 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 signing hasn't quite given us the, the extra firepower that we need. I think that's what it hasn't provided. Um, and it's you know, like I said, he's not he's not been bad, but it's not it's not really clicked for us. And when you look at our transfer business over the last twelve months as a whole, you can look further back really. But the we've made a lot of moves that just haven't gone right at all. The Rocky Mesa one was one which should have been a brilliant signing in previous years. It would have been, but he doesn't fit in at this club anymore because we don't pass the ball. Um, we signed Sam Klukas for a, an extortionate amount of money. Since Cavill come in, he's been okay. Uh, what we expected of him really but yeah, I mean we were, I think the club bought him expecting him to do things they wasn't capable of doing, I think they bought him expecting him to be a number 10 or a winger or something, I don't know but I mean he's not changed things in any way, Tammy Abraham hasn't really scored the goals that we needed since since his really bright start to the season uh, and then in in, this, in the January transfer window we bought Ayu, who I talked about just now and Andy King who's you know he, he's done what Andy King does. he's just stood there in the field Profoundly midfield. average ah oh, just beyond average I mean he'd look average in any league he was playing in i mean i I don't know what we expected of him, but you know he's if if we were expecting him to change things, then well, that was stupid on our part and he, he's just been as we all expected really and and while this is and because all these you know, the, these new signings have, have failed. And that's without mentioning Renato Sanchez, by the way, um, who will go down in history as one of the most bizarre kind of signings ever. Um, his season has just been one long nightmare. And because all of these players have failed to have any kind of impact uh, on our season, we've been relying on players that we shouldn't be relying on. Nathan Dyer started another game on, uh, uh, on, on Saturday against Bournemouth, a player who hasn't really been up to premier league standards for for quite some time now likewise Wayne Routledge was brought on to try and get a goal against Chelsea Wayne Routledge hasn't had a good game in about 3 years he's he, he would look poor in most championship teams uh, and yet we're asking him to kind of save our season it's 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 just awful to watch if I'm honest it's the poor recruitment uh, if we do eventually go down at the end of the season um will will definitely be Probably the key reason we go down, if I'm honest.
1: Yeah, hoping uh, that doesn't happen. As I said last year when we beat you with like three weeks to go and it looked like you might be relegated, uh, I think Swansea are a credit to the Premier League and hopefully you can maintain your status again. And uh, kind of like Tottenham, your fate is in your own hands at the moment. It's just uh, for both of us, obviously, in different scenarios. but uh, Well, similar scenarios, just different stakes. Um not a lot of confidence from the fan base that you'll be able to get it done uh do either of you have any uh tottenham questions or do we kind of address them all during the chelsea part
3: i was actually going to ask um what's your take on um google um form this season and do you think spurs are good because from my point of view it looks like he's not quite been reaching you know his his usual standards and he's probably not been uh, among the top keepers in the in the league this season do mm. do you think Spurs are going to be looking maybe to strengthen that department over the summer.
1: That is a fantastic question. A large part of that depends on uh, (laughs) whether or not Jack Butland has a relegation buyout clause. Um, But uh, I think Hugo, inarguably, you're, you're absolutely correct. Hugo has not been as good as he has been in years past. I do think that a lot of it had to do with the fact that both Toby Alderweireld, who was our best defender, and Victor Wanyama, who's our best defensive midfielder, have both been missing for months um, I think that certainly has not helped. Uh, but he has regressed to an extent. Whether or not this is age regression, I think, remains to be seen. I'm worried that it is, hoping that it's not. Uh, and I do think we may need to address the position. The, the strange one for me last season was the the signing of Paulo Gazzanica, who couldn't get past uh, Fraser Forster or um, uh, who's the guy? That they McCarthy? Alex McCarthy? Is that right? Uh, They used to be at Palace. And seeing how both of them have performed this season, that's troubling. Um, I don't really think he's a long-term solution for us. Uh, Last season, we had um, Paul Lopez in, uh, and he didn't really get a sniff of matches at all, but he's been very good this year for Espanol. Whether or not we'd go back in for him, I think the coaching staff like players that they've already been associated with something that you definitely understand as a Swansea fan um but I don't know if we would do it or not I I think that's the big question is is this the beginning of Hugo being worse or is this just a down year for him and and actually similarly uh Fabianski was that two years ago now that all of a sudden he just didn't have a good season but then he bounced back largely this season Mm. um that, that that's 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 the however many pounds question is where is it. But you're absolutely right. Hugo has been a disappointment at times this season. It's one of the reasons we're not in any of those competitions. And while he's been with us, he has not performed well in big matches. Um, the the year when we stuck with Vorm in the... Um, oh, it was, it was this year, but we also did it like two years ago. Because, you know, when you're playing your your reserve keeper in the cup competitions, and you switch them out for your main keeper when it actually matters, which I got to imagine is pretty humiliating as a player. Um, when we do that, I feel somewhat more confident because Hugo seems to lose confidence in big matches. And I don't know why or what that is, uh, but I think it's either the cause of our struggles in big matches or it's just indicative of our struggles in big matches on the whole and then it affects even him. Um, And I think we'll get a lot of the answers to that this summer with France Um, because much like uh, some people are are critical of Messi and his uh, struggles with Argentina, I, I think to get a full view of a player it has to be both national and club and if Hugo falls short in a big moment for France I think that will unfortunately uh, be the answer to that question regardless of whether or not that's the one we want it to be all right and we will wrap up with our final preview segment of the season hard to imagine but we are heading into the final week uh, of the Premier League calendar Jake we'll start with you and then I'll kind of follow in there what do you think we're going to see although we did mention it a touch earlier
2: yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. We've we've got a good record um, against Tottenham away from home. <laughs> sure I, think, I think we've won. It must be th- three or four of the last matches. I know that was at White Hart Lane, which is slightly different. But it, even Steve McLaren won there. So, <laughs> oh, dude, really?
1: We gotta go there. All right.
2: Yeah, I know. Even Steve <laughs> McLaren won there. So if that's if that's over, who knows? But um,
1: you know, it score the winner.
2: Yeah, uh, <laughs> or, or was it like Remy one year, Papi season, another year, I would yeah. say Perrots, they've all done it. Maybe it'll be Perrots, he seems to be in a bit of good form. <laughs> he actually um, so yeah, place be, for you. <laughs> It'll be yeah It'll be interesting. It'll be I think, you know, we've got nothing to play for and we've got nothing to lose. But it'd be nice if we did give a couple of good performances in our last two matches. Uh, you know, going to Wembley, it should, you know, it's something for the players. It should, you know, GM up a little bit. Um like I said, Shelby's got something to play for it with England, even though it's it's an outside bet, it could still happen. So yeah, and and the pressure's on Tottenham, like we don't have to it doesn't really matter how we go. So we can just go freely, look to look to attack, try and Get something. I think we'll probably lose the game, uh, considering how we've played recently. But uh, I just hope it's it's a good game and we we give a good showing of ourselves. And you know, you never know if if Tottenham completely bottle this this current position, we might get a result. But I I wouldn't expect one. I think I think Tottenham are probably going to win two, maybe three nil. But uh, you know, I just hope we get a, a good performance, much better than the one we got against Watford. Anyway,
1: at risk of opening myself to some utter heartbreak, you coming out to attack sounds lovely. After a week of just dreadful football uh, this weekend, including our own match, it would be really nice to watch two teams both trying to attack, uh, which is something we haven't really seen uh, of late in the Premier League. Um, I agree, though. If you do open up like that, I think we would be able to capitalize on that. We need to play our best 11. We've been kind of doing this pseudo-rotation with like eight players. I think that's also part of the reason is we've been messing with our team chemistry lately. Uh, the one uh, notable uh, person here would be Jan Vertongen, who did leave the match limping, although he was at the fellow uh, Hay fight and seemed to be walking all right. Um, but that's the only one that I'd be really worried about. I assume that uh, Ben Davis is going to come back into the side Um, It might be dire. I don't think Lamella should start again. The fact that Deli Ali was yanked before him was shocking. Lamella had a very, very poor match. It was one of the reasons the attack was so slow, unfortunately. Um, (laughs) I want to say I expect a win, but I just don't. I genuinely don't. Give me a point, and I might just will take it right now. Uh, That's how little my confidence is, especially when it's Chelsea that we're trying to hold off. Um, But it should be best available 11 if possible and uh, on paper we should win, but uh, on paper and what we actually end up doing have been two very different things over the last month or so. All right, uh, then we'll come to you, Ghetto. You're going to be playing Southampton. Uh, Obviously, this is a a massive, massive match for both you and the West Brom permutation that we discussed earlier, Uh, but this is at home, at the Liberty. I saw some people saying that uh, you may drop points against Bournemouth, but now you have these two home matches to save your season. The first one, obviously, being Southampton, which I just mentioned. Do you think you'll be able to pull it off in this one?
3: Yeah, well, even before the Bournemouth game, we were saying that Southampton was going to be a much bigger game. Um, it's it's absolutely huge. Both, both teams know it. Uh, we're level on points. Um, it's so difficult to see us winning it, though, because we haven't won in so long. Um, and Southampton just seem like they've got more momentum going into this game. They won last week. They were seconds away from winning uh, away at Everton on um, Saturday. I, I, I mean, who knows how they're going to react to that? It could be a hammer blow to them. It could just inspire them and drive them on to kind of rectify the injustice um, of of dropping those two points. Um, it's it's huge. I mean, Huddersfield's point against um, against Manchester City means that um, if Swansea lose on Tuesday. Um, we'd have to beat Stoke and hope that Huddersfield pick up no points on, uh, sorry, that Huddersfield pick up no points on their remaining two games. Um, and considering one of those remaining two games is home to Arsenal, um, who have not picked up an away point all year in, in 2018. Um, I, I can't say I'm too confident about Huddersfield going the rest of the season without picking up a point. Um, I think lose and we, we're down, basically. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think a draw would be just about okay uh, for both sides, even if it would be far from ideal. But I think both teams are going to be going for the win. I think that both teams are going to know that, you know, that a win would almost put them safe. Um, I mean, it's just Southampton have got um, Manchester City on the final day of the season, whereas we've got Stoke. Now, I know Man City drop points against Huddersfield. but, um, but there's no doubt that we've got the easier game there. Um, we have a pretty good record at home to Stoke. Stoke, of course, haven't won in a very, very long time, and they will be feeling down after, this, um, after Saturday's match. Um, so even if they kind of feel like they want to give their fans a good send-off as they go down, they're still unlikely to play particularly well. Um, I cannot see us losing to Stoke on the final day. Um, and if all we need from that game is a draw then I would be confident of us getting a draw but it's Tuesday night's match is the big one against Southampton and I I wish I could say, like you Kevin I wish I could say I was confident of us getting a win at at Southampton but they've got better players I think on the whole this season they've been quite considerably better than us if I'm honest when you look at their general play Um, and they're going into the game with greater momentum um, I'm optimistically saying I th- I I I I think it could be a draw, um, and as long as we don't win it, I think I'll, I'll I'll be able to cope with it, even if you know it won't inspire much confidence. So I I think we can probably get a draw out of the Southampton match, and then just hope that Manchester City turn up on the final day and beat them, and that that we can pick up something against Stoke. Two draws from these next two games could be enough to keep us up, which is a ridiculous scenario. Um, but if that does happen, it would really sum up the lack of quality at the foot of the table this season.
1: Yeah, I've been saying for a couple of weeks now, I think 36 points is the safety spot. Um, 35, as you said, two draws could do it, but I think you really need to get one win in there uh, to definitely be fine heading into the last day. So if you could manage that against Southampton, I think that would be absolutely massive for you, um, Jake. Coming back to you now, then you host Chelsea. So if you could let us get points and let them not get points, that would be swell. Uh, but I assume it's basically going to be the the same prediction wise from you.
2: I know I'd be a little bit more confident about playing Chelsea at home, I would be Tottenham away. I think they've got the FA Cup on the on the on the horizon. Sure. I d- it depends what happens in in the midweek. If, if they still got a chance the Champions League, of course they'll come there looking for a result. But I just, I've like Ghetto said earlier. I just, I'm not surprised. I've just not been, not not been very impressed with Chelsea recently. They they've looked just poor in 2018, uh, and you know, if we say James Park, if we're looking to finish the season strongly, you know, send everybody off in a good mood for the summer, we, we could show up and do something. We've beaten Manchester United and uh, Arsenal there in 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 this calendar year, so. I, I can't I could I, I'd be more confident about getting some from that one I could see us getting a point maybe from that or maybe a win but I, th- I think we'll probably lose the Spurs game so I, I think we'll get another point from somewhere probably probably that Chelsea game to be honest that would be delightful um, then Gitto you end the, the year
3: at
1: the Liberty facing Stoke who have already been relegated is this the one where you're kind of expecting three points
3: we should be really, um, but but we've expected three points against several teams this over the last few weeks, and, and we've not produced the goods. Um, I, I, I like I said, I can't see us losing to Stoke, but it it, it really does depend on the um, on on the midweek results uh, against Southampton too, um, and possibly on what what Huddersfield do. Um, on, on our attitude to that game if we beat Southampton then we will definitely be going into that Stoke match saying a draw is okay and we will just park the bus and hope that we can keep crouching to you vote uh, <laughs> which doesn't sound like the most difficult thing to do but honestly if one team um, can concede to those two it is Swansea Um yeah, it it all depends on Tuesday's game, how we approach that match, and uh, my feeling is that we won't have done enough on Tuesday to be able to take that game for granted. Um, it's it's just so it's so tricky looking at the next two games, and sadly, you know, the big question is, are we going to stay up? And I, I'd have to say, if I was a neutral looking in the current situation, I'd say the Southampton are in a better, a slightly better position than us to stay up purely on the fact on the basis. That they are—they've—they've they've got a greater degree of momentum, and our performances over the last few weeks have just been appallingly bad. Um, if we are going to stay up, I think we need a total change of attitude and uh, tactics uh, going into the final two games. But if it's difficult, i th- I, th- I think we'll—we could get a draw against Southampton and and get a draw against Stoke, but. I can't say I'm particularly confident about either of those results.
1: Mm. Agreed. And how could you be? Much like how I'm feeling at the moment. Um, Our last match of the season, uh, we're going to be hosting Leicester, who I mentioned have a joint worst record over the last five matches. But uh, they've done horrible things to Tottenham in the past, including that year they won the title out of the blue. Um, But we did uh, kind of uh, put them to the sword last season towards the end of the season. I think it was 5-0 maybe more. Um, That would obviously be delightful uh, as we desperately need to pick up points in these uh, last two matches. Um, It has to be best 11 here on out. We can't rotate anymore. We've tried that game over the last few weeks and we've dropped points because of it. Um, So again, just like Gito, not confident, but we have to get the points. And I wish I was more confident that that meant that we would. All right, that'll do it for us today. So if you'd like to tell the folks where they could find you or any projects you're working on, now would be a good time.
2: Yeah, thanks for listening. You can get me on Twitter at Jack with two Ns. I write for APL Index and The Boot Room. I was also uh, parachuted in to be on the championship show this week for a lack of guests. So if you want to hear me bluff my way talking about the championship season and, and that stuff, check that out as well. That should be out sometime over the next couple of days.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, I really hope it's not my final uh, appearance on the Premier League podcast. Um, uh, If you want to catch up with the Jackcast, we recorded last week, and we will be recording again midweek. You can find us on Twitter, at the Jackcast.
1: Yeah, and I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. You can find me on Twitter, at Kevroff. You can find my writings over at Goal and Goal Betting, about fantasy and betting, respectively. Uh, Also, be sure to check out the championship show that Jake just mentioned, and we'll have a fantasy show uh, probably Thursday night after the last – match here of game week 37 Uh, so be sure to check in on all of that stuff thanks guys so much for joining me it was a pleasure as always we hope you keep listening